Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of the prophet Ezra in line chapter 7. Now, the events of the rest of Ezra from chapter 7 through chapter 10 occur in 458 through 457 BC. Chapter 7 is when Ezra comes to Jerusalem, and it begins with his genealogy, which is actually a list of 16 ancestors going back to Aaron, the brother of Moses. By saying, after these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, then it goes on to list the 16 ancestors going back to the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he asked for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. Then it lists several others that went up to Jerusalem with him. It says that Ezra arrived in Jerusalem the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. And like we discussed, this is in 458 BC. It says the hand of his God was upon him, for Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. Then it says, this is a copy of the letter King Artaxerxes had given to Ezra the priest and teacher, a man learned in matters concerning the commands and decrees of the Lord for Israel. And then it's indented. Of course, this is the letter. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, a teacher of the law of God of heaven. Greetings. Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites, who you wish to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. You are sent by the king and his seven advisors to inquire about Judah and Jerusalem with regard to the law of your God, which is in your hand. Moreover, you are to take with you the silver and gold that the king and his advisors have freely given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, together with all the silver and gold you may obtain from the province of Babylon, as well as the free will offerings of the people and priests for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. With this money, be sure to buy bulls, rams, and male lambs together with their grain offerings and drink offerings and sacrifice them all on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. You and your brother Jews may do whatever seems best with the rest of the silver and gold in accordance with the will of your God. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem all the articles entrusted to you for worship in the temple of your God and anything else needed. For the temple of your God that you may have occasion to supply, you may provide from the royal treasury. Now I, King Artaxerxes, order all treasures from the trans-Euphrates to provide with diligence whatever Ezra, the priest, a teacher of the law of the God of heaven, may ask of you, up to a hundred talents of silver, a hundred cores of wheat, a hundred baths of wine, a hundred baths of olive oil, and salt without limit." Whatever the God of heaven has prescribed, let it be done with diligence for the temple of the God of heaven. Why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? You are also to know that you have no authority to impose taxes on any of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, temple servants, or other workers at this house of God. And you, Ezra, in accordance with the wisdom of your God which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people of the trans-Euphrates, all who know the laws of your God, and you are to teach any who do not know them. Whoever does not obey the law of your God and the law of the king must surely be punished by death 
banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. So clearly, based on the letter that we had just read, Artaxerxes is in full support of Ezra's return and the restoration of the temple of the Lord. So, verse 27, chapter 7 ends by saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way, and who has extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage and gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. Then chapter 8 is a list of the family heads returning with Israel. That's verse 1 through 14. You can read the list of the men's names and the number of people with them. Then picking up in verse 15, it says, I assembled them at the canal that flows toward Ahava. Then it goes through and lists the people that were there at that canal. And then it says, there by the canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road, because we had told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Then I set apart 12 of the leading priests, and he lists their names, and he lists the weight of the things that he separates out for them to be in charge of. I said to them, you as well as these articles are consecrated to the Lord. The silver and gold are a free will offering to the Lord, the God of your fathers. Guard them carefully until you weigh them out in the chamber of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. So it says on the 12th day of the first month, we set out from the canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he protected us from our enemies and from bandits along the way. So we arrived in Jerusalem, where we rested three days. It says everything was accounted for. The exiles who had returned from captivity sacrificed burnt offerings to the God of Israel. And then it lists the sacrifices that were made. Then it picks up in chapter 9 with Ezra's prayer about intermarriage. After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, The people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, had not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices, like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, and they have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled my hair from my head and my beard, and sat down appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness of the exiles. And I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abasement with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God and prayed. And then this is his prayer. Oh, my God, I am too ashamed and disgraced to lift my face to you, my God, because our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached the heavens from the days of our forefathers until now. Our guilt has been great. 
Because our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings, as it is today. But now for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and giving us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, our God has not deserted us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. But now, O oh our God, what can we say after this? For we have disregarded the commands you have given through your servants, the prophets. When you said the land you are entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of its peoples, by their detestable practices, they have filled it with their impurity from one end to the other. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins have deserved and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we again break your commands and intermarry with the peoples who commit such detestable practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us no remnant or survivor? O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. And that was his prayer. And then moving on to chapter 10, the final chapter of Ezra. The people confess their sin. While Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men, women, and children gathered around him. They too wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the descendants of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. Now let us make a covenant before our God to send away all these women and their children in accordance with the counsel of my Lord and those who fear the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. Take courage and do it. So Ezra rose up and put the leading priests and Levites and all Israel under oath to do what had been suggested. And they took the oath. Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the room of Jehohanan, son of Elishib, where he was there. He ate no food and he drank no water because he continued to mourn for the unfaithfulness of the exiles. A proclamation was then issued throughout Judah and Jerusalem for all the exiles to assemble in Jerusalem. Anyone who failed to appear within three days would forfeit all his property in accordance with the decision of the officials and the elders, and would himself be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. Within three days, they were there. It says, Then Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have been unfaithful, and you have married foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Now make a confession to the Lord, the God of your fathers, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the peoples around you and from your foreign wives. The whole assembly responded with a loud voice, You are right. 
We must do as you say, but there are many people here, and it is the rainy season, so we cannot stand outside. Besides, this matter cannot be taken care of in a day or two, because we have sinned greatly in this thing. Let our officials act for the whole assembly. Then let everyone in our towns who has intermarried a foreign woman come at a set time along with the elders and judges of each town until the fierce anger of our God in this matter is turned away from us. Only Jonathan, son of Ashael, and Jahaziah, son of Tikvah, supported by Meshulam and Shabbatai, the Levite, opposed this. So basically there were four people that opposed it. So the exiles did as was proposed. Ezra the priest selected men who were family heads, one from each family division, and all of them designated by name. On the first day of the tenth month, they sat down to investigate the cases. And by the first day of the first month, they finished dealing with all the men who had married foreign women. Now, the rest of this chapter to the conclusion of this book is a list of those who are guilty of intermarriage. You can go through and read the names of these people, but know the seriousness of the offense to the Lord that they were actually listed in the word of God. Ezra records their names, and it is recorded that they were guilty of opposing the Lord in intermarriage. So from verse 18 until the end of the book, which is verse 43, it says the list of the names. And then 44, all these had married foreign women, and some of them had children by these wives. So that ends the book of Ezra, and we will pick up next time in the book of Nehemiah for the completion of this story.